The reading today is from the book of 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. Ahab told Jezebel that all Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came to sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and laid again, down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, Abel of Mehola, as prophet in your place. The word of the Lord. morning um, that the first thing I do when I get on 
for online worship is I always look at how many devices are on. And then I do my church math and estimate that there's one to four people on every device, which gives me a sense um, of who's around. And I think that's just one way we need to be reminded. And so um, that's my prayer before I start today. Um, wherever these little counters are finding you today for all the people that you are huddled with, trusting in the spirit of God that continues to speak in this very odd way. But I just wanted you to know today, most especially, I need to know that you're out there too. Amen. So I bought these glasses to protect my eyes from the blue light glare of my computer and phone. Once I realized that all these little screens are now my sole connection to you and the world. But I want to tell you that there's nothing that we need to put on today to protect ourselves from this story because it speaks in an unfiltered way what it means to be human. Elijah is a prophet a man called by God to speak God's word to people and places. And just moments before our reading today, Elijah did great things in a contest with 450 prophets of Baal, who was a pagan god. Elijah called upon God's power to show the people that God was really God he called on God's fire to come down, and it did. God's presence and power was revealed through Elijah. And then on his own, he killed each one of those 450 prophets. It's a gruesome story, but in the world of prophets in ancient times, it's a major success. Elijah delivered, and he achieved, and he showed up, and he trusted God. He brought his whole self. He spoke, and he acted, and things happened. But now his tank is depleted, and Queen Jezebel, who worshipped the prophets of Baal, heard the news, and she is red-hot mad. So she sends a messenger to tell Elijah, she's going to kill him. The words of this messenger pierce through the chink in Elijah's armor, and he runs away in fear. He runs. Finally, he plops down, we hear in the wilderness, under a single broom tree and declares, this is enough or another way. It's too much, God. He doubts his abilities. Or maybe his abilities overwhelm him and paralyze him, afraid now of what he may be called to do next. He questions his line of work. He feels alone and he's depleted. He wants to end his life. He finally collapses in exhaustive sleep. This great prophet who killed 450 other prophets with his sword, now in slumber, reveals the vulnerable underside 
of being human. Another messenger awakes Elijah, this time with room service in the wilderness, a little pancake on some hot coals and a jar of water. Eat, Elijah, and drink, for you need nourishment on your journey ahead. And there is a journey ahead. Forty days and nights, reminiscent of other wilderness journeys in the Bible, in our season of Lent, Elijah finally gets to a cave where God promises to speak. First a mighty wind, then an earthquake, and then a fire. And then quiet after the chaos. Elijah hears a voice in the stillness, in the hush. A voice that asks again, what are you doing here, Elijah? His response, the same as the first time, it's too much, God. I can't do it. I'm the only one left. And so quietly, God calls Elijah not to a new place, but back to where he came. He is to anoint Elisha, they sound so much the same, don't they? As the next prophet. And God also tells Elijah in a few verses after our story that there's 7,000 other believers back where he came. Mount Olivet, the story is our story right now. It removes the protective cover of what it means to be human, and it reveals the nature of God in the midst of this overwhelming, fleshy life. A few notes that may guide our way in this unsettling time. After the best and highest moment comes the crash, the inability to move, it could likely be that Elijah was depressed, a real condition that impacts so many of us. Depression, anxiety, accentuated more in these isolating times we're living in right now, when we're required to take on more than we can, when the world has been turned on edge to reveal all the sharp, unfinished edges, the impact to our mental health is real. Elijah's words ring in our ears. It's too much. We feel alone. We can't make it anymore. Sleep, rest, and time away is necessary in healing and nourishment both for the body and the spirit. We are not meant to live with the on button continuously pressed. The messenger brings a little cake and a jar of water, mundane sustenance that nourishes for the long haul. Food and rest are essential to daily life. God does not swoop in and fix everything for Elijah. In fact, God's voice is hard to hear, and when it's heard, it feels like nothing is happening. God's not found in the headlines or the loud commotions. God is found in the lingering hush 
after the storm, still present and aware, calling to a way ahead. And in this story, God calls Elijah back to community. God calls Elijah back to the place where he fled, this time to anoint another, to join him in this work, and to remind Elijah he is not the only one. There are others. The conflict with Jezebel does not get resolved with Elijah. It actually gets resolved later in Elisha's time. There is a working out of God's story and purpose through time, and it does not fall on the shoulders of one person. It is a shared call and one that gets fulfilled over time. Never once in this story does God judge Elijah for his weakness. Maybe because God knows that this is what being human is all about. In the moment of perceived failure and even in the call to die, God remains with a presence that has staying power even when the way ahead is not mapped out. And there are also messengers along the way to bring nourishment, to sustain, and remind us that we do not carry this burden alone. Each week, even in online church, we share communion. A little cake and a little jar are given as a reminder of God's presence and provision just enough grace for the day with a promise that it will be there again tomorrow. And for us, the anointing comes in baptism. God claims us and names us individually and also connects us as a wide community. We need to pass the baton of faith to both release it and then pick it up. God is at work through us now and will be at work through people who are called next. It's a shared call. But this is more difficult to imagine when we cannot see the people around us right now. And mostly today, we need, I need to be reminded that we are not alone there are 550 other families who join us as this church in this little corner of Plymouth, Minnesota. And I was so heartened last week to discover six new individuals and families who somehow have found us in the midst of a pandemic and are joining. Plus all of you who are connecting online is in various places. It may seem lonely now and isolating when we can't see it and see the people and all of us as we would like, but the force of faith is still there. And God's story continues. Dear Mon Olivet, name the struggle because it is too much. We are human. Look for the nourishment along the way. 
and be the messenger that brings it to someone else. Rest, take a break, sleep, and then pass the baton when you are ready. And then pick it up from someone else. God is present, even now, speaking and calling, often without notice, showing up in the real and raw moments of this life, reminding us always, we are not alone. The divine is enmeshed in humanity. There is more to come of our story. Let it be so. Amen.